Tea Time with Phil Tatarangi on Radio Sport. Thanks to The Club Room, your one-stop golf shop, theclubroom.co.nz. Phil T joins us from Houston in Texas in the good old US of A. Let's rip straight into another busy show coming up, Phil. Let's start off with uh, our fa- one of our favourites, Yeah Nah, Kevin Nah wins at Hogan's Alley. Yeah, nah, exactly. Kevin, nah, he's actually become a favourite among a lot of the players out on tour. You'll go back nearly 10 years or so ago, Daniel, you remember that Kevin Nah was leading the Players' Championship and was taking forever to hit every single shot because he had the driver yips. He could not take the club away. And then every now and then he'd kind of get to the top of the backswing and then pull out of it not for any distraction other than the voices in his head. He, he openly admitted that uh, he, he had a really tough time actually just making contact, and he was leading, what, the fifth biggest tournament in the world at the time. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey to, to follow Kevin Nah. 17 years of age is when he decided, I've got this game, I want to turn pro, um, of South Korean descent. And so that's not uh, that's not too terribly unfamiliar either in the men's game or the women's game. Came to the PGA Tour as a 19-year-old, so pretty fresh face, but maybe didn't have the resume that some other 19-year-olds that uh, they find their way to the, the pinnacle of the game. He's now in his 30s and uh, has just picked up his third career win. I was just kind of pouring over some of the stats preparing for the show today. 386 starts he's made on tour now. This was, well, it's his third win. Yeah, he'd wait seven years between his first win and his win, his second win last year. Now he's had three wins in his career, the last two coming within 12 months. Yesterday was, well, if you put it down as a, a top 10 finish, it certainly was. Uh, that was his 68th top 10 finish. What do you reckon he's got in career earnings? And I don't want to make depress you with this, but Kevin Nas name doesn't kind of roll off your your tongue as a as a guy that's, you know, among the wealthiest on the PGA tour. But what do you reckon his career earnings? The New Zealand pesos. Wow, God. Crikey. Well, he's been on the tour nineteen years, as as you point out. Twenty five million New Zealand pesos? Just fast, rapidly approaching the half ton. What? Yeah, a rapidly approaching 50 mil. 50 million New Zealand dollars. Oh, so and you didn't want to depress us. You didn't want to depress us. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I, it's all relative. It's I know all, your Chiefs won, but come on, man. It's all, all relative. But I, even that number surprised me, to be fair. And I, he, he, he's one of those kind of battlers, the grinders, and he never makes winning look easy or, or competing. Mate, never makes a game look easy, actual fact. Um <laughs> Kevin now, but when I when I kind of look up those numbers and you kind of think, geez, he's just he's he's a good old fashioned battler that makes a lot of cuts. Um, he's cashed, cashes a lot of checks, obviously, and um, you know it's not always about the the bomb and gouge like uh, Brooks Kepka and and Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, Tiger and Co. They're a kind of journeyman that um, you know maybe sit a little below the, the headlines, but they craft out very successful careers for themselves. As I mentioned, this is his, his third one uh, on tour, and he, he mentioned it earlier on the week that you know, despite there being 43 tournaments on the PGA Tour each mm. year, he's really only got the opportunity to win about seven or eight of them. He, he averages about 290 yards off the tee, 260-odd metres, and is in the second half of uh, of 
of guys with their driving distance. So he figures, you know, Colonial, um, where they played last week in, in Fort Worth, Texas, just about, you know, 25, 30 miles across the uh, state from from Dallas, um, where they were a couple of weeks ago. There's most probably only a handful of other sites that are, you know, 6,500 metres um, or less on the PGA Tour. He just doesn't have the length to compete on the courses like Bethpage. Well, he missed the cut by one up there, uh, had a couple extra days at home with the family prior to coming to Colonial. And we most probably shouldn't be surprised that he had some success there because three out of his last six rounds there have been 62 or better. He holds wow. the course record, ties the course record there of 61. Um, he's Of the 11 appearances that he's come to Colonial, he's cashed a check, 10 of them, and he holds the lowest scoring average. So I guess when it comes to a tournament like that, where the golf course is not as long, it's yeah. certainly a premium on accuracy, controlling your ball. Uh, it certainly was a, a, a playground where Kevin Nars had some success in the past and he had some success again there last week. Well, he made it very clear in his post-match um, or post-win interview about how he targeted this event. It, felt, it feels great. Um, I know I can do it. I mean, this is a golf course that suits my game so well. If I can pull it off with a lead somewhere, and this is, one, this is the place. On the first tee, I looked at that wall, and I engraved my, he- uh, my name in my head before I teed off. And um, i like to see that name up there. Now, next year, I'm going to be back to see it, take a picture. I knew this this place I can win here, um, and it just validated for me. Um, you know, I felt great coming in this week. I felt so gr- I guess Kenny felt so great. He, he asked me in the practice round before we teed off. He goes, if I went, if you win, I want that car. I said, that's fine. You can have the car. And I guess he was pretty confident, and uh, so he's getting the car. He's like Oprah Winfrey. You get a car. Okay, maybe not quite <laughs> like Oprah. He's giving Kenny a car. Not quite like Tiger when he gave Stevie the uh, the Ford Shelby um, when he won in Durrell there a, a few years ago. But yeah, the car he was talking about was a restored old Dodge Challenger, 1973 Dodge Challenger. So it was a real hot motor. Um, and, and I think it was a throwaway line for, for Kevin at the end because he re- didn't realise how, how valuable the car was that he was giving to his caddy. But his it, it, caddy, Kenny Harms, he's been around the tour for, for a number of years. Uh, talk about polar opposites. Hale Irwin was one of his former bosses. Um, you know, Hale Irwin's about as thoughtful as a, as a piece of burnt toast. Um, Kevin Nair, it, it's hard to keep his heart rate under 150 on, on, on the week. So, yeah, look, he, uh, he threw that out there to his boss and said, hey, look, if you, uh, if you win, I'll take, that, uh, I'll take that car. He was tweeting it. He was saying, that's going to be my new car. Um, yeah, well, four days later, he had the keys to to the car, and, I, and it's interesting when you when you have a sponsor like Charles Schwab who stepped up to sponsor this tournament. This thing was on Lifeline. It's Hogan's Alley. It's uh, it's Ben Hogan's old club, and there's a lot of memorabilia around the clubhouse. Great old spot, but it was on a Lifeline. No sponsors wanted to pick it up. Charles Schwab, big sponsor of the uh, PGO Tour, stepped in. Obviously, they give away backload of cash at the at the end of it. Uh, the plaid jacket that goes with the um, the, the, the winner's trophy, but then they decide to kind of step it up a notch and put one of these restored old cars. Like out in the uh, Hawaii, they, they had the surfboard out there in different tournaments around the uh, 
the tour each they kind of have that little bonus prize that uh, they give away as much as anything it's for that uh, that winner's picture at the end of it just to kind of set themselves apart so they, they had a restored old car put together for uh, for the winner and the winner's not even going to have it and his his caddy that's driving it driving it home it's a pretty cool story let's look at the uh, the rest of the fields uh, Tony Finau uh, you want to highlight first up yeah really do because uh, Finau you kind of only just remember there it seemed like just a few weeks ago right that um, he was in that final group on the final day of the Masters trying to pick up his first major playing alongside of Molinari and Tiger we all know how it all ended up but he came into this week after a poor showing up there at Beth Page and decided to change up his putting uh, technique yeah look we know that he hits the ball a country mile but he felt like there was just inconsistencies in his putting game. So he went to the claw, putting claw grip, and um, and it seemed to have instant success for him. He was right around the top of the leaderboard the entire week. Couldn't quite reel in Kevin Nah, who ended up winning by four. But for Finau, this is another runner-up finish. His fifth in the last few seasons. His 29th top 10. Still just one win on the PGA Tour. But you got a sense that Tony's continuing to put himself in position at oh, some no stage doubt. or another. He's going to be the last man standing uh, over the course of the week. Jordan Spieth, last week... Yes, I, Jordan I Spieth. May have over this. Yeah, yeah, cool. I may have rushed over this with with, with all of the, the Brooks Kepka kind of serenading up at Bethpage. That for, for Jordan Spieth, last week's tie for third at the PGA was actually his first top 20 finish of the season. I was talking about it in, in relevance to his finish in the major championships, but that was his first top 20. He's actually backed it up. was kind of there or thereabouts. Couldn't quite close it out with the two over past 72 in the final day. Um, but his second top 10 in a row, so second top 20 on the season. So maybe things are starting to look up for, for Jordan. Well, they certainly were with his putter. Um, nearly 500 feet worth of putts hold for the week, and he finished tied for eighth. So it says where the gaps are still in his game. His yeah. ball striking is still a bit tough. He put a new shaft in his driver last week, trying to straighten that out. Couldn't quite get that to behave. Still missed a lot of fairways, but um, it's all about the process. It's all about the process, Daniel. He said that uh, <laughs> when, when, when quizzed on Saturday night, does he need to win tomorrow? He's already won there at Colonial a few years ago. Does he need to win to validate all the hard work he's been putting in. He says, you know what? It's just about the process. I don't need... To oh, God, he's, he's like the Philadelphia 76ers, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like Kevin Iverson, though. No. <laughs> no, it's not about practice. <laughs> it's about process. It's about process. Oh, bless. Hey, before we head to the LPGA, yeah. who else? who else do you want to mention? Danny was in the field last week, uh, finished kind of middle middle of the road. Uh, your boy Frank, or Louis' boy Frankie Molinari was there, but down the back of the bus. Actually, this is a golf course that really should have suited him. His, his, um, his, I'm surprised that he didn't play as well there last week. Yeah. Uh, Justin Rose as well. He, he was a defending champion and finished um, among the uh, the worst finishers to, to have made the cut. Those that missed the cut, actually, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, your boy Ram, he had the weekend off. But a couple of guys that had some pretty big weeks. Andrew Putnam, who, again, not a household name, but was just outside the top 60 last week, which is a cutoff for the US Open. He was heading to qualifying 
well. A tie for third last week. Well, that has him inside the top 50 yeah. in the world rankings now. So he's in. CT Pan has also made a big move inside of the top 50, finishing tie for third. And our boy Jim Furick, old Jimmy, he was 51st in the world rankings coming into last <laughs> week. Tie for 13th, good enough for him to move up one spot. That's fantastic. In the official world rankings, 50th, so he'll be heading off to the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush. He'll also be heading, of course, to the US Open, where he's been a winner before. Seven top 25 finishes for Jim Furyk on the season, so don't snooze on him when he heads out to Pebble Beach Ooh, here in the I, time. I wonder if he can beat his age on the rankings. He's, he's 49. He's very close. He's very close, Phil. He's he very close. Closing in on that. We go to the LPGA, Williamsburg, Virginia, the setting for the Pure Silk, and we've got a breakthrough winner. Yeah, we do. Uh, Bronte Lloyd, young English woman, Tom, wins for the first time. We, you remember a couple of weeks ago, Maddie Hill, the one tournament out in San Francisco, um, she was 10 shots behind coming into the last day. Shot, uh, what, 65, um, and found herself in a playoff about three hours after she finished. And so she's continued some strong form. Her first win on tour, 24 years of age, yeah, she came over and went to college at UCLA in LA, 56 start on the LPGA tour. So I say her game has been trending in the right direction, so we shouldn't be surprised that she, she picks up her first one. She's a fierce competitor. Uh, she's about a four-foot bugger all else other than that, um, but don't get on the wrong side of it. She's uh, going to be a, a, an absolute, I think, in the European Solheim Cup team later this year because she's going to need a captain's pick from Katrina Matthew uh, not playing the European Women's Tour or not playing enough tournaments over there, so she's going to need a pick. It's fair to say she's going to be uh, getting fitted for, for the team uniform. That's in uh, Glen Eagles in September in, in Scotland. But yeah, she's a uh, fifth competitor. Uh, this is, uh, as I say, her fourth top 20th finish of the season. Her game's been trending. But the first wire-to-wire winner on the LPGA Tour this year. Uh, and she had to work for it. Have a listen. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the biggest fight in my life, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I started, you know, struggling my driver a little bit out there, and I had to really stay strong and, you know, just play to my advantages and, you know, just really try and find those fairways because I was hitting my irons really good. So I, as long as I found those fairways, I was going to create some chances and, you know, ended up doing that towards the end. And, yeah, it feels amazing. Toughest thing she's had to do in her life, but you'll uh, enjoy the winner's check. Who, who else was in the mix? Yeah, interestingly enough, on the 72nd hole, Madeline Saxstrom um, actually bounced one off the flagstick. If she dropped it for Egon there, you know, as commentators, we always set it up just so there's a chance. Well, she bounced, bounced it off the flagstick. I'm sure that would have been, uh, you know, got uh, everyone fired up there for a little while. Bronte back on the tee at the time. Um, Brooke Henderson, actually five Europeans inside the top ten. So, um Maybe that's a sign that the, the Europeans are starting to find some form at the right time of the year. The, the Americans were dominating the LPGA Tour early this season. Brooke Henderson, another runner-up finish, continuing her strong form. Nasa Hatooka, continuing to impress. Uh, she finished, her, uh, missed out in the playoff last year, and a runner-up finish this year. Fair to say, like Kevin Nash, she liked course at Kingsmill. Uh, names like uh, Jin Young Ko, Arise Tanagun, Sang Yung Park, all towards the back of the field. Lexi Thompson missed the cut, so I guess when the big names 
take a week off from the top of the leaderboard. Um, time to cash in and uh, and pick up your first win. No linear last week. Of course, she was back home. She got back to Florida working on her game because, of course, this coming week is the second major of the year for the woman, the U.S. Women's Open in Charleston, South Carolina, Charleston uh, Country Club. Uh, Araji Tanagam will be defending there. Lydia's best performance in a US Open came, of course, back in 2016 when she was leading going into the final round. That uh, might have been the start of the end for Jason Hamilton, her caddy at the time. You re- might remember there was a layup situation around about the ninth hole, I think it was. He ended up laying it up in the water. Um, wasn't able to finish things off. But she finished tie for third on that occasion, that her best performance in a US Open. So uh, next week, hopefully, we will um, we'll have some signs that Lydia's game has been returning to the top after her trip home here to New Zealand. All right, Phil, you hold there. We will take a break. It's 24 minutes after 2 o'clock. This is Radio Sports. It is Tea Time with Phil Tatarangi. Back with more shortly. Tea Time with Phil Tatarangi on Radio Sport. Thanks to The Club Room. Golfing excellence. Theclubroom.co.nz. This is Tea Time with Phil. Back to him in just a moment. Updating some live sport. Uh, game number one of the Stanley Cup finals. Yes, the vine for Lord Stanley's Cup. Uh, the Blues and Bruins, St. Louis and Boston, and it's into the third period of this one. It was locked up at uh, two apiece after the second period. The Bruins came back, uh, levelling it up at two apiece, heading into the third. And with 14 minutes remaining, uh, the Bruins are now in front. They've uh, got the go-ahead goal. They lead. How very American is that, Louis? Go-ahead goal. Uh, they lead by three goals to two in game one of the Stanley Cup. We'll continue to update you on that. Right now, we are talking to Phil about... Golf, as we always do on a Tuesday, we have covered off the PGA, the L of PGA. Let's head to Europe, Phil, where this is one of the more unique names going around. Um, you want me to talk about Burnt Cheeseburger? That, that's quite a name. Yeah, it is. Um, when your name is Burnt Beastburger. Uh, they don't have to go too far away to find out what your uh, what your nickname becomes on tour. So Burnt Cheeseburger is, is, is pretty close to the mark. Yeah, his, his fifth win in Denmark, the maiden Denmark last week. That uh, last uh, last year was the final qualifying tournament for the Ryder Cup for Thomas Bjorn, of course, in his home country. They've uh, rejigged the, the, the schedule over in the European Tour this year. So, tall Austrian uh, back uh, in 2014, you remember at the PGA at Valhalla was playing with Rory McIlroy and um, kind of burst onto the uh, the world golf scene then. This win number five in Europe for him. Last season had seven months out, Daniel, with a serious wrist injury. This is only his 13th start um, back and uh, quite a quite a uh, emotional really for him uh, wasn't too sure if his career was done actually and so uh, for the 33 year old to, to pick up win number 5 uh, had a lot of people to think at the end of it and um, and he's back in, in, in winning ways he, he topped Robert McIntyre who's a young challenge to a uh, guy, uh, this is his back to back runner up finishes the last couple of weeks for him on tour so he's heading in the right direction on his first year on the European Tour. Notables, there really weren't too many in the field. Lee Westwood played, kind of uh, finished, I think, inside the top 20, but no other real notables on the European Tour playing last week. 
Um, a lot of players taking some time off after the PGA Championship and and getting ready for a, a busy second half of the season. Ryan played after uh, missing the cut in New York, uh, but missed the, missed the cut uh, for the weekend. So that's three missed cuts on the bounce for, for Ryan. He's not playing this coming week in the Belgian knockout. He's not in the US Open either in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So he'll be heading to qualifying next Monday. Um, we should have news for the show next week as to whether he uh, qualified for the US Open. So hopefully he will emulate like he did last year at Walton Heath uh, on the southern suburbs of London and qualify himself for Pebble Beach. He'll be doing that right. in seven days' time. Okay. What other tours we got before we hit our golf news? Yeah, well, of course, there was the little... Uh, tweet the little Facebook message that went out last week by Cambo saying hey I'm pretty nervous this is my second tournament in six years it was third tournament in actual fact Cambo couldn't quite count because uh, he played the New Zealand <laughs> Open <laughs> no one likes the corrector no one likes no the corrector we love them on this show come on Cambo you know that <laughs> come on Cambo keep it real brother keep it real um, well of course he should be nervous it's a major bloody championship his first start in the over 50 brigade and at the major championship, the senior PGA, and the old bones and muscles might have been a bit chilly up in Rochester, New York. You can't go much further up in the U50 United States of America than Rochester, New York. Um, they, they played the 03 PGA up there. I've, I've got some fond memories. I remember actually on the Saturday night, Steve Williams, myself, a few Aussies, a few South Africans finding ourselves in a rental property watching a test match, actually, during that PGA Championship. That was the one that Sean McKeel would go on and win out of, out of nowhere. So Cambo played that year at Mr. Cut there. So he knew the golf course coming in, but he, 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 his Facebook message uh, beforehand said, look, the game feels good. I've really beaten off a lot of rust, been banging a lot of balls, this, that, and the other. But I do feel a bit nervous about getting into the major arena. It was welcomed by a number of the players to the uh, to the over-50 circuit. Uh, of course, he said earlier this year that he's got 14 starts up there, so it's not a one-and-done for him. But not surprisingly, I don't think, um, when a golf course is set up like Oak Hill, long, narrow fairways, plenty of rough, that it was a pretty tough assignment for Cambo to come back first, uh, first big gig. Six double bogeys on the scorecard over two days. Um, rounds of 81-79. Most probably not quite what he had in mind, but uh, nevertheless, he's kind of beaten off the nerves of, of getting started. And at this stage, I can't quite find where he's going to get his next start on the um, on the PGA Tour champions, but we'll be following him for the for the rest of the year. Chucky Fowler also played. Of course, he's the adopted... Kiwi finished uh, in a tie for 43rd. To give you some sort of idea, and not to knock on Cambo, the winning score, three under par. Three under par. So the Champions Tour guys tend to kind of scratch 20 under par most weeks. Over 54 holes, this was over 72 holes, um, three under par. There was a really cool story, though, the Tom Gillis story. He finished on Friday afternoon. Tom Gillis is a bit of a battler, played a European Tour, PGA Tour a little bit, now in the old 50 brigade. He finished Friday afternoon six over par, um, looked like it was going to be the cut at the time. He finished nine over par, packed his bags, cleaned out of the hotel, jumped to the airport, flying on home to Florida. By the time he touches down in Florida, nine over par, mates 
the cut. <laughs> makes the cut. So a little bit of egg on his face. He decided to withdraw. He gets last place checked. Didn't decide to fly back to uh, cold old Rochester after finding himself back home in Florida. <laughs> that is crazy, <laughs> now, isn't it? The old story of uh, the, 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 the trials and tribulations and travels of professional golfer. <laughs> Web.com tour, Tim Wilkinson made another cut, finished um, kind of second half of the field, as did Nick Voke. Stevie Elka having a tough time at the moment, another weekend off for him. He's heading home this week to New Zealand and will have his father's memorial in Hamilton later on this week. In golfing news this week, Daniel. Golfing mm-hmm. news. Tiger. I've heard of him. Electing not electing to take the big gap between major championships this time around. He's returning to the Memorial, where I'm heading. Um, Not really a surprise. He's a five-time winner at Jack's Place, and so uh, happy hunting ground for him over the years. He's back inside the top five when he tees it up on Thursday, though, in the official world rankings. First time since 2014 he's been back inside the top five. Does that mean anything? Absolutely bloody nothing. He jumps, jumps Stumps over Justin Thomas, who's been idle since the Sunday of the Masters due to a uh, a crook wrist. Justin Thomas back hitting balls over the last week, and he's been given the doctors all A-OK, so he'll be in the field this week uh, in Ohio. Tiger did uh, jump out to Pebble Beach and get a uh, a practice round in out there. There was actually some public playing out there, and... Uh, <laughs> And Tiger was just got him, got himself a tea time and and uh, and scouted out the golf course. So interesting to see. Uh, I'll be talking to him in a couple of days' time here. See what uh, people's shaping up like. Uh, what he thought about the preparations for the year's third major. Uh, and he was coming, of course, after uh, after a bit of a party in Vegas. And that's always a bit of an ominous sign. Tiger in Vegas, right? But the Tiger Jam, the annual Tiger Jam in Vegas where he, he kind of holds a, uh, a, a a celebrity golf tournament, um, a, a, a business leaders conference, and then a rock concert. This year it was uh, Janet Jackson who put on a concert in, in Vegas, I think at the MGM. Since 1998, he's been holding this uh, this Tiger Jam. They kicked it off in LA when, uh, you know, a bit of pulling power here, when Tiger invited Glenn Fry to get all his buddies back together in the Eagles and have a reunion concert at the Hollywood Bowl. That's when they kicked off the Tiger Jam. Since then, 11 Grammy Award winners have performed at his Tiger Jam, including Prince, Stevie Wonder, Bon Jovi, Ed Sheeran, uh, and, and the like. Uh, he raises some serious dough in this party weekend uh, for uh, for his foundation. And so uh, that was uh, Tiger's goings-on over the course of the weekend. And best of luck to our friends at Royal Auckland. Uh, they will be hosting um, some officials from the PGA Tour this coming back end of this week and this coming up weekend. Uh, we brought you this news a few weeks back that the PGA Tour are taking a serious look at Auckland as the city, at Royal Auckland Grange, the new golf course being completed by the Nicholas Group up there on the grounds of the old Royal Auckland and Grange golf courses as a potential site for the 2027 President's Cup. 
PGA Tour officials in town to scope it all out this week. So all the best to the officials there at the golf club and at AT who will be hosting them this coming weekend. Good on you, Phil. Appreciate your time. We'll leave it at that. Enjoy your week. Look forward to catching up with you uh, and safe travels. Off to Jack's place.